Today, I'm putting the spotlight on one of our favorite Pet Boss Club members, Carly Patrilluk, founder of House of Paws, a pet boutique in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Hear how she went from $11,000 a month in revenue to now almost $60,000 a month in just two and a half years, and opening her business only a few months before the pandemic hit. From a corporate career woman to now running an independent pet store, Carly shares how she's navigated hosting events during the pandemic. She lays out one of her favorite promotions that just gave her a record sales day, by the way, and she unveils her secrets to success in the pet industry. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Well, welcome Carly to the Boss Your Business podcast. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you for having me. Well, I'm just so excited to talk to you because you really are a rock star in the Pet Boss Club community and world and our members just love getting a chance to hear from you. And I know that the rest of the pet industry now is going to fall in love with you too. Carly, tell us a little bit about the House of Paws. I guess the way that we describe it is uh, that House of Paws is a different breed of pet store and we are focused on nutrition. So our mission is to extend the lives of pets through nutrition. Um, So then we um, very carefully curate the best of the best when with regards to our products so that we can make sure every pet parent can walk in and know that whatever they're grabbing is healthy, good stuff. The reason I wanted to bring you on today is because you execute your events and your promotions in such a beautiful way. And you have had massive challenges being in Canada with the lockdowns that you've had and um, different COVID restrictions, but you've still found ways to execute your events. Let's dive into what it's been like for you in the last couple of years, because you opened House of Paws in October of 2019. And then you had a grand opening in January of 2020. We all know what happened in March. You know, you weren't really given a fair chance to get this thing off the ground. Yeah. Tell us about your journey. Well, uh, I always say to everybody that, you know, we opened and then four months later, COVID. (laughs) So that kind of sums it up. But for us, I, I know that COVID is not a good thing. Like it would have been awesome if it didn't happen. But I think for us as a small business, because of all of the restrictions that the government had um, put into place, our landlord was really good. Our bank was really good. So as a small business, I hate even saying it, but COVID was kind of a blessing for us because, you know, it's very expensive to try to run a business when you're just trying to get it up and running. And for us, 
the fact that our rent was deferred and our loan payment was deferred, those were two huge chunks of cash that I didn't have to pay in the early months of House of Pause. I also then started a Facebook group about supporting local business, and that got House of Pause some additional exposure that we never would have done without a COVID. And then that also kind of spurred on a, a really big push in our city to, to really support local businesses. So we had tons of people coming to us saying, you know, we used to buy from the big box, but we really want to support local because we know how important it is. And I think it always was important, but people didn't realize how important until COVID hit. So with the challenges that we were facing with not being able to have like large groups anymore in the store, which was something we really liked doing. And even in our earliest days of just being a brand new guy on the street, we were doing events every month to get folks in the store and to make them aware of us and show how we were different than other pet stores. So what we did with COVID is we really quickly flipped to start hosting events online or doing them through social platforms. We would do Facebook live selling. Um, we would always incorporate some type of gamification into those lives so that they were a little bit more interesting. We started going live every week uh, doing our furry Fridays. And that was that was more educational because we're really, really big on educating pet parents on nutrition and getting the right things in their pets' bowls. So we th that has become a thing that we just continue to do. And now we actually even make plans around what do we share, what type of content do we share in our Furry Fridays and really putting some structure around that where before it was just kind of like, I got to get out there. I've, I've got to show people my face. I've got to show them that we exist. And now... Furry Friday is just part of our weekly operations. So we come up with different things. You know, right now, this time of year, we're going to start talking about titers because all the vets are going to be sending out their emails to say, hey, it's time to come get your vaccinations. And we want to encourage people to do titers. So um, a lot of good things, unfortunately, came out of COVID for House of Paws. And I've, I've kind of thought in the past, like without COVID, we may not have made it because we are such a different breed of pet store. So it was nice to have that breathing room. Yeah. You know, cause the first you know, three years of any business, you're going to be turning three later this year, but the, the first three years of any business are really the make or break years. You know, I think that, what is it? The statistic is like half of companies that ever start any small business that ever starts, half of them don't even make it past the first year. And then, you know, getting to the year two or year three, I know in my business, I feel like year one was, was actually a lot of fun and pretty easy. And then you realize you start to run out of cash and you're like, oh, I wasn't really managing my cash flow very well. And then, you know, you're on the struggle bus from, you know, the, the second and third years. And then I think in year five for me is when I ended up getting um, mentorship and support and realizing like, I'm going to keep doing this. Like this needs to change, you know, we're not doing it right. So I'm glad to hear though, that for you, you had that, that great relationship with your landlord and the bank. And I, that actually, I, I don't know if you've always have been tech savvy or always social media savvy, but you really did adapt to just getting online. Yeah. Were you always like that? No, I, you know what, I, I'm going to tell you a very quick, funny story. Back in my corporate days, I was on vacation and I received an invite from my director, right? So my boss's boss. And I, of course, at that time had a Blackberry. And uh, so 
it was an invite that I thought was an invite to a meeting, but I couldn't see everything on the BlackBerry because as much as I loved my BlackBerry, it wasn't quite as good as an iPhone. And so I just accepted it because I, I thought, oh my goodness, I can't miss a meeting with my director. And then I couldn't find it in my calendar. And I'm like, what, where is this meeting? And so I chatted with a coworker of mine when I got back into the office and I said, where is this LinkedIn meeting? And he's like, what? And I'm like, Mark invited me to a LinkedIn meeting and I can't find it in my calendar. And he's like, LinkedIn is like Facebook for business. And I'm like, oh, well, oh, I'm like, why do I want that? Right. <laughs> anyway, so that was my, that was my first exposure to social media was linked. I was so opposed to Facebook. I was convinced I would die with a cell phone in my cold <laughs> bed and with no Facebook ever. But then LinkedIn, and I got really involved in LinkedIn. I was writing articles. I was making connections, like all these things. And then I was, um, I had started a training consulting business and they had asked me to put together a course on social media. And specifically, they wanted LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm like, oh man, I don't know anything about Facebook or Twitter. So anyways, that was how my journey on social media started with LinkedIn. And now, of course, I would say that Facebook is my primary source of social right. media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you really use it to your advantage, not only in our in our community as well and connecting with people, but also, you know, like you said, in that Facebook group that you started that supports small business in your area and, and with your customer base too. You, know, you yeah. have to meet your customers where they are. So your customers are, a lot of them are using Facebook, but uh-huh. you also, you also now are venturing into TikTok. Tell us more about that. Yes. TikTok. I was very scared of TikTok too, because I've heard, I heard all the things that, um, you know, th- you could get these viruses and they could get your personal information. And I saw all these things about never let your kids use TikTok because they'll know where they are. And so I was scared of TikTok and anything like people would send me things and I would open it. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's TikTok. And I would try to delete everything because I was so scared of it. <laughs> And then it was in Pep Boss. You know, when you talk about that, it took you a year or so to start finding those mentors for the business, at least, at least I was smart enough to join Pep Boss when I did, because I joined before we opened. So of course, I always value the the knowledge that you share with us and your experience. But you started talking about TikTok and different groups that I was in on Facebook that I trust and I believe are reputable groups all started talking about TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I'm like, well, man, it can't be that bad if everybody else is doing it in the pet space. And so I kind of jumped into TikTok and I am still learning. Like I, you know, I'll tell my, my girls, my team, I call them my girls, but um, they're young, they're 19 and 20. And I'll tell them things like, I'm like, oh my God, did you know that you could do this on TikTok? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, oh, I thought, I thought that was a new thing. And they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I am still learning very easy things too, that apparently all TikTokers should know, but I am just learning them now thinking they're new features. Well, no, but I love that what's so important and our listeners need to think about this too, is that they might be comfortable with Facebook and their current customer base might heavily be on Facebook, but newer pet parents, right? The younger pet parents are on Instagram and TikTok. And we as business owners, if we're going to have some longevity in the social media marketing space, need to start to play around and get comfortable with those other platforms too. Yeah. Well, and you know, you talk to people, my team's age, and you say blah, 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 about fake, like my, 
my part-time employee didn't have Facebook when she started with us. I'm like, what? You need to have Facebook because I need you in this group and I need you in this group and I need you to do all the things and I need you to be able to post our virtual dog walking events. And she's like, Facebook is for old people though. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) They talk about it everywhere, right? That what will be the next social media platform? We we probably don't even know what it is yet, but it's probably like Facebook's time will come. Yeah. And uh, that Facebook will no longer be the major player that it is. And I certainly don't want to try to put House of Paws on every platform out there. I do want to go where my customers are. So we've, I mean, it's my own personal rule at House of Paws, but every day, every day, regardless, Facebook and Instagram get a post from our page every day. And now we've started kind of committing to two TikToks and two Reels every week. Of course, then we also go live every Friday. Like we've, we've kind of got our social criteria set out and we need to put some structure around that because as our team grows and more hands are, or more cooks are in the kitchen with regards to our social stuff, everybody needs to know how to do it. And everybody needs to know how to do it. Like we do it today, because today Um, You wouldn't know if it was me or my store manager posting on our social because we use the same tone, we use the same branding colors, like all of our stuff is consistent. So we can't have some rogue employee, you know, making everything pink in our store when it's teal is the color, right? Right. Like I said, I I wouldn't invest. I I do have House of Paws on LinkedIn, but I don't post a ton there. It's that's not where my customers are hanging out. They're we get tons of engagement on Facebook and we get a good amount of engagement on Instagram. And so that's kind of where I put my efforts when it comes to social stuff. Now, because I feel like you have had um, such success during the last couple of years and you know, who knows what, what we face ahead of us now. Right. So uh, we're, you know, we talk a lot and we've been talking a lot actually on the podcast about events and promotions. That's one of the core things that we help our pet boss club members with, but I could just see someone thinking like, I still am uncomfortable having people come into the business or like I'm uncomfortable to like plan too far in advance because who knows what requirements are going to be, you know, we're going to be in that space for a little while. So like, what are some of your best habits or, you know, kind of some skills that you've had to adapt with or mindset stuff? Like what's helped you through that process during those last couple of years? So a lot of times what we do when we are coming up with events, whether we're wanting to host them in store or online is if we say, okay, this event is going to be in store, we kind of partner it with an online option. Two reasons. One, for those that are not comfortable coming into the store, we still want them to be able to participate. Just most recently, when we did our third year grand opening anniversary, our promotion or event, if you will, was online and in store. So if you were not comfortable coming into the store, they could still participate. They didn't get cake because we can't give you cake online. (laughs) But for the most part, the people were coming in store. And uh, we noticed that uh, with with the last couple events, like the one event that we did, which was our our Black Friday, we well, we call it Black Fur Day. But um, our Black Fur Day, we put all of the really good deals online and the not so great deals, like I wouldn't say that, maybe the less great deals were in store. The majority of people still came in store. So, I mean, they're looking to get out, right? And then we just have to make sure that everything we're doing in store, we keep it safe. So 
This past weekend, part of our anniversary celebration is I went out and I got a cake the size of a football field. I, I couldn't believe how big this cake was when I picked it up. That's not what I was picturing. I put, I literally had to transport it to my store in the back of my truck, like in the box. It was that big. Cause if it would sat on the seat, it would have just folded up. Oh wow. <laughs> Anyways, but I had also went and got little individual containers with lids. And it was my intention that we would get this cake into store. We would cut it up into all the pieces. We would package it up. Nobody has to sit there and try to eat cake or cut cake in the store. We wore our gloves. We wore our masks, everything. We prepared the cake and then people could just grab their cake and go. We had spoons that we, you know, we were only touching the the part that you don't put in your mouth. And it's like, if you want a spoon, we can give you a spoon. But we kept everything safe for the people that were coming in store. And I think, like I said, where I am we've been in limbo for so long. There's tons of people that are just chomping up the bit to get out there. And I think that's why we're seeing more folks come in store than actually do the online things. But yeah. that's kind of what we do, right? We, we look at it and we go, okay, if we're going to do this event, how do we one have an option for online and two in the event that something changes that is outside of our control and we can't have people in store, how do we very quickly flip this to online only? So those are kind of the two things that we do when we sit down to plan events. Cool. You just had a very busy weekend. I think it was actually, you said he had a record-breaking day on Friday, was it? On, on Saturday. Friday or Saturday. It was on, on Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. for this grand opening. And you came to the Pet Boss Club and you shared pictures. Uh, we loved seeing that. And you gave us kind of a breakdown of what you did and how it went. And one of the promotions that you used was our 10K weekend, right? It's, yes. it's a promotion that I used in my business back in, gosh, it was probably like two 2011, maybe, or 2012, when the canine flu had hit Chicago and all the news media was talking about the canine flu. It was really wild that the canine flu was a lot like the COVID experience, but like yeah. only in a very short, like short, short, short time frame, And it only impacted the pet industry in Chicago, but this canine flu came through and people couldn't, um, or the media were talking about it. They closed all the dog parks and everyone was basically told to not take their dogs anywhere, which for a doggy daycare and service provider center, like that was like devastating. And so, yes. you know, our daily count at that point during that year was maybe, I think we had about 70 dogs a day. And within a couple of days, it just dropped to 25 dogs. And we're just like waiting to see if anyone is going to show up and come back. And, you know, it took about two months to get our numbers back up. But in the immediate time, I had to cover payroll. We had to cover rent and we didn't have, you know, any government loans or there wasn't the, the aid that you guys have experienced more recently. And so I was like, what am I going to do? You know, I, I was overdrawn in my bank accounts. I didn't know how I was going to cover payroll. I didn't want to let people go because I knew that, you know, we, we might turn the corner here soon and everyone's going to show up to take care. Yeah. So at the time, like I needed to run a promotion that could get us some fast cash quick which this promotion, and I, w- I would love for you to explain how you do it, but ultimately it's a gift card promotion, right? Yeah. And you're going to incentivize people for spending a- a more money than they normally would spend with you. And then you incentivize them with a bonus gift card. Okay. And for me, I think we made about $18,000 in that three-day period. And I had enough money to put in my checking account. Now yeah. we call it 10K weekend because I, you know, and there's no guarantee for how much we can actually like help you with, right? We have some club members who maybe do this promotion and they make $1,500. And then we've got other club members who've done this promotion and they made $30,000, but they have multiple locations, you know, right. so it worked. So um, I loved to hear though, that this promotion coupled with 
your big grand opening event helped you have a record breaking day. So Mm -hmm. tell us more about how you ran the 10 K weekend program. Well, I think I still have Christmas fatigue (laughs) (laughs) because we did so much in the holidays. Like we, we had our big, you know, brown paper to-do list up on the wall in the back with sticky notes of what was due when. And as we did the things, we'd pull the sticky notes, like to try to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and so now we're supposed to do our grand opening anniversary. And I'm like, Oh man, like I just, what are we going to do? I, I don't want to do a bunch of sales. I don't want to do like all of these things we have done so much And our customers have been there every step of the way doing all these things with us. So I said to the girls, you know what? We're going to get a cake. We're going to get some balloons and we're going to do the 10K weekend. So we're going to say that for every $100 that somebody spends, they get a $25 bonus gift card. You can spend $100 and get your $25 bonus gift card, or you can spend $500 and you can get five $25 gift cards. We don't care what you spend. And we have done this in the past. And I'm starting to see, maybe it is because we're working towards year three, because you had always talked about too, like the busiest Saturday in the year is going to be your Saturday, the last Saturday before Christmas. And of course, the first year we opened, which was six weeks before Christmas, we didn't see that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's embarrassing what we made for the month. Like, I think it was like 11,000 for the whole month of December. And then uh, last year, we didn't see that either. But this Christmas, like, I was like, what is happening? And it was, that was the last Saturday before Christmas. And there was only two of us. But okay. I was basing it on last, last year, right? And I'm like, we'll be good. Yeah. And I said that Saturday, nobody ever gets Christmas the last Saturday off before <laughs> Christmas again. So anyways, we didn't, we didn't want to do a big thing. And so we just, and Our average transaction for 2021 was uh, like $73, which is why I picked a hundred. Right. Because that's already higher. Our our average sale was only about $33, but it's because I was in a very high traffic tourist area where people were spending 10, $15, getting a cookie out of the bakery case. And then we also had our locals that spent a lot. So it brought down our average sale to like 33 versus yours is on the high end, which is fantastic. But yes. The point is that the gift card promotion, you need to pick a dollar amount that's going to be more than your average sale. So right. you picked a hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the girls were awesome. Every single person that walked in, they're like, it's our anniversary weekend for every hundred dollars you spend, you get a $25 gift card. And then the customer would be up at the till and, you know, their total was $88. And they're like, how much did I spend? And the girls are like 88 bucks. Like all you need is another $12. And they'd be like, okay, I'll be right back. And they run around. <laughs> right. But, and the same thing happened if they were at $178, it's like, if you spend another 25 bucks and they'd be like, I'll be right back. I had a lady phone in and she's like, I'm trying to place my order online, but it's telling me something is out of stock. And uh, she's, I'm like, okay, let's go look at what you're trying to find. I'm like, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. She's like, okay, I want to spend 400 because I want four gift cards. I'm like, okay, I'll help you do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fantastic. So we had a record breaking day on Saturday of $8,400 on a Saturday. Uh, Right. I was just, we, and your first we month kind of, was 11,000. <laughs> so my, <laughs> we literally made more in these two days than I made the whole month of December, the first year yeah. I opened. Awesome. But um, yeah, and we at the end of the day, like my part time who was in on Saturday, she says, 
I haven't looked yet. She's like, let's look together. And I'm like, okay. So she pulls up the dashboard and, and we both just like our mouths dropped and we're like, what the, and it was still just the two of us on a Saturday. So our normal Saturday, I would say like is three to 3,500 right now on a really good Saturday. Maybe we're over 4,000 last Saturday before Christmas, we were over six. I think we hit 6,200. I'm like, wow. Mm. And this, I wasn't expecting. I'm looking at our numbers for the month and I'm like, okay, if we could pull out like just, you know, a $4,000 day, we could break 50 grand for this month. And after Saturday, I was like, all right, if we can do another four grand by the end of Monday, we're going to hit a $60,000 month in January. So I did it a little bit different. Like I know that you had usually said like with the bonus gift cards, you kind of say that they become redeemable like two months from when yeah, later purchased. 30 days or later, you know, because if you're using it as a way to boost your current cash flow, you want to get the money Keep now and then hope yeah. that like, okay, we're going to ride out these bonus gift cards later in the month. But you know, yeah. again, this is, this is everyone can tweak this program. However, it works. best. Yeah. For them. And I, I did a little bit because I mean, January and February, especially where I live traditionally very slow months for retail. Now I think again, something that's maybe changed people aren't spending all their money to go on great big yeah. trips. So they don't have those same big visa bills at the end of December that they're trying to like pare back everything. I never would have expected that we would have even had a close to a $60,000 month in January. But what I did was we literally just did this this weekend. February 1st is tomorrow. And those cards are eligible as of February 1st. Now you can only use one at a time. So for the lady that got four, fine. The next time she comes in, she gets to use one. But I said February 1st because February, again, one short month, two, usually cold in Regina, Saskatchewan, and typically not a great retail month. So I thought, bring your coupon back in February because yeah. we want you back in here. And we've got a promotion set up for March that we're doing, which is the swap your kibble for cash. Mm. And, uh, and we've got, so we'll have a big sale, a big promotion, and we're going to be doing some deep discounts in March to try to change people from feeding a not so great food to a much better food at our store. Right. So I didn't want them to have to wait till March because there's going to be deep discounts. Yeah, then something else then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we did. And then, uh, yeah, over the two days, a Friday, we, it was like a $4,400 day, which is still pretty good for a Friday. Like a good Friday is over 3000 usually. So 4,400 for a Friday, I'm like not too shabby. And then I thought Saturday, if we could get a $4,000 day and 8,400. So now today I'm just hoping that we have a fairly decent Monday and yeah, we will, uh, we'll have almost a $60,000 month in January. So <laughs> that's awesome. I'm just it's so, <laughs> so happy for you and proud of you. And I honestly got to say, I love how much you pay attention to the numbers. I think a lot of people get into the pet industry because they're passionate about pets and they kind of are, are winging it when it comes to the business tactics and the business side of things. But you know, really uh, retail is all a numbers game. And, um, you know, even actually if you're, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of business you have, it is a numbers game, right? We've got our, our pet sitters and our dog walkers. Like if they're not charging enough for their time, it's barely profitable, right? If they're not maximizing how efficient they are and they've got to look at all that data to see if they're, if it's worth selling what they sell, same thing yeah. in retail. And I just love that you are, thank you for sharing those numbers with us and to show the growth that you 
you've had, you know, you really do take time and attention to focus on those numbers. And I appreciate that so much about you. Yeah, we are. I was looking actually. So with our average sale last year being around that 73, and I was kind of asking some of the other retail wizards out there in the world, how do we increase our average transaction. And they had said, well, sometimes you get to a ceiling and, you know, so now you got to get them in more or you've got to attract new customers. And even before our grand opening weekend promotion that we just did, we all of a sudden, we had an $82 transact average transaction for January. Now with this past weekend, now our average transaction for January is 90. Mm -hmm. Like where I'm like, what is happening? But I also looked at last January's numbers and I was very impressed with last January's month for a whole. As of yesterday, we were already 21,000 ahead of where we were last January. So like we're close to doubling our January sales. Love it. I love it. And you know, it's a combination of all the things you've been consistent with your marketing. You've been showing up on all the different platforms. You've been making it easy for your customers to do business with you. You keep your staff trained. You know, you really have also had to focus on what kinds of products you sell and having a unique mix and keeping it cool and new and fresh. And, you know, you've done all those things. And so when a retailer or business owner takes action like that, it's hard to get that um, that, to keep up with that kind of consistency, or you might feel in the moment that things are not improving. So this must not be worth it. But what we've really seen with you in the pet boss club is your commitment to success and your commitment to try your willingness to try things and a pivot and, and do things. And so that compounding activity for you is now paying off big time in just a short amount of time. We are now implementing a bunch of things because I said to the girls, we're kicking butt on our average transaction. Our our retention rate on customers is 91% monthly. Like it's huge that we have that kind of loyalty. I said, so we've nailed those pieces because my target for retention was 85. Um, and so the fact that we're consistently at 90 or 91% retention, I'm very happy with that. Our average sale, very happy with that. So um, we've got our plan set out like for actively going out and getting new customers in until June. We're still hammering out our annual marketing plan, but we do know for the next six months, like these are the things that we are proactively doing to go out there and try to get new customers in. So we've got a bunch of things on the go that are some are events in the store or that we'd be promoting to existing customers to encourage them to bring people. And others are just us going out to a blank space and going, here we are. This is how Sapaz come see us. Here's a gift card. We're hoping that that will then increase those numbers as well with regards to number of new, uh, new customers that we're attracting. And then of course, in turn, increase our number of transactions. Love it. Okay. So you've been a long time Pet Boss Club member. What's the experience been like for you in the Pet Boss Club? It's a group of people that truly understand what I'm going through. It's an amazing sounding board. It's all levels of experience. So if I come up with some ridiculous Carly idea, I can go to the club and say, hey, like, has anybody ever tried this? And what was your experience? And then people start to chime in and give me that guidance. And I love that about the Pet Boss Club is that everybody there thinks outside the litter box, right? <laughs> like, 
that so I can go with crazy ideas and I can say who's tried this and somebody says I tried it don't forget to do this or yeah we tried it it didn't work or we tried it It was great success it's having that sounding board it's having those people that know exactly where I am even though they've never met me but they are in the same boat as I am and having that resource at my fingertips is priceless and even so we're just bringing in a new toy fluff and tough which of course lots of pet boss nation members have you had it Candace and we so when now we're talking about well where are they going to go in the store and how are we going to like display these nicely and put them in a really like so that they draw attack attention and blah 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 by the way we're doing a tournament of champions through reels and tiktok with our new snuff fluff and snuff or fluff and tough whenever they get here (laughs) but it was my store manager that said can you ask in pet boss like how everybody else displays them do they have hangers or what I'm like yes great idea she's like could you even just search in I'm like better idea (laughs) I just literally went into the pet boss group and I searched fluff and tough and we saw your pictures and we saw everybody else's pictures and and then then we got our ideas I'm like perfect that's how we'll do it right so it is an invaluable resource for any type of pet professional because of the experience and the, and the you're in my boat. Like these are the peeps in my boat. Right. And so, and the willingness for people to share, like it's a safe, it's a safe space. Pet boss is my secret sauce to how successful house of paws has been. Thanks for saying all of that. I mean, we have really enjoyed having you in the club too, because you are learning a lot from us, but you also share a lot too. I know that that you also believe in community over competition and you always come back and share with the group to help inspire other people. Why is that important to you to do that? I know that some people might feel like I'm not going to, I've come up with this idea. I don't want anyone stealing my ideas. Why is it important for you to come back to our community and share so much? Because, you know, I think if you and other pet boss members weren't willing to share with me, I wouldn't have all of the ideas that I have. I appreciate the fact that you guys have willingly, openly shared with me, and I want to do that for other people. I also think the same way you do, that there is enough business out there for everybody. And if we, as as a whole, within the Pet Boss Club, can elevate our entire industry, why wouldn't we do that, right? Right. Well, Carly, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing all of that with our listeners and our membership in the pet industry. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was fun. It was fun. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, Stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.